This is Off the Set with James Tolley. On the line, Kyle Rogers and Christina Butler. We all used to pal around, work together at WHP CBS 21 in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for a couple of years. You know, we we all work at different places now. Uh, We're all still in broadcasting in some form or another. Uh, Guys, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's uh, how's Florida? Florida, Florida's good. Florida's very yeah. good. You know, we're at like the sauna stage now, where every afternoon it rains. You get a, a, a pouring, you know, thunderous rainstorm, and it's still 98 degrees when it finishes. Actually, I think it. I think it feels worse after the rainstorm, if that's possible. I really do. It doesn't clear it out. I feel like that would clear no, it out. No, no. This little. is the shower. This is the showers don't take season in Florida. So, so if you, you can't dry <laughs> off, like if you go in the shower, you're not. You're going to be dabbing your forehead all afternoon. How are how are things for you guys, oh. Christina? You're in Pennsylvania. How are things up there? Uh, guys, I am drinking out of my. I think I could now call this vintage. It's a vintage it's CBS so Twenty One mug. I am drinking my coffee out of that as we talk. Lovely. I love having these mugs because they remind me of our fun times at the station. Oh, uh, but we're good here. I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and everything's good here. We're a lot cooler than you are down in Florida, James. And Kyle, what are you up to these days? Oh, you know, just working, doing my thing. Harrisonburg, Virginia, not Harrisburg. So you worked down here. T- both of you actually worked down mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Kind oh. of. You were in Winchester, James. Mm-hmm. You were in Charlottesville. So you kind of know the lay of the land. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. So I love the land down there. I love it. Oh, it's perfect. Down. It's wine country, so not complaining there. There are so many breweries. A cidery just opened across the street, so I've already done the damage. They all know me by I name could, after one I could last see. week. Supporting local business. I, I like could, it. Exactly. That's what I'm doing. Totally see Kyle enjoying some good meads. You seem like a mead guy. Oh, I'm not into mead. I don't know. I don't like the texture. It's it's like uh, cough medicine. What's that, that that old stuff they gave us when we were what? kids? Like the well, my tap- grandfather gave me whiskey and honey when I was like five. Oh, so that... well, that's <laughs> probably what I should, now. probably shouldn't be t- <laughs> probably shouldn't be talking about that. But I'm kidding. It's okay. <laughs> what 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 a yeah. pleasant what a pleasant chat we had to start this because today's topic what better way to set up our worst moments in news broadcasting <laughs> so we basically we just we're going to talk about when things went really bad for us because <laughs> there's always great stories associated with that and uh, I had you guys pick like three things something like that that was hard. That was hard to narrow it down to three, by the way. There, there, I mean, I, I didn't know where to start. What, how, which so one many. should I choose from? But we've got three. Okay. All right. <laughs> we want to do rock, paper, scissors, or does somebody want to oh, start? I just remembered one. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Let me take a note. Okay. This one involves you, Butler. Oh, that's – maybe that's – See, we are being true to our inner reporters here by switching things up until deadline at the very last oh, moment. Mind. Because right before I jumped on the call, I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe – do that one instead okay we're just well what kyle that one's fresh in your mind why don't you why don't you kick us off with with that one oh my gosh well it was just one of those moments you get caught on a hot mic and not know it it's one of those classic stories so i was out it was a very try to set the scene without depressing you very tragic story there was this young guy who was you know driving to help i think he was a young firefighter he was on his way to the fire station on a rainy night crashed his car and it uh, did not have a good ending. And um, I think he was just days away from being married. It was just a horrific story, but he was 
on his way to help. He wanted to be at the fire station to help. And um, the next day we went out to the fire station and talked to those who worked with him, uh, people he grew up with. And, you know, they had great things to say. It was like a touching, you know, tribute that we were able to do in honor of this guy. And um, it was just one of those stories that you get so um, into, you're emotionally invested, you can't wait to share it on the air. So we put together this piece on it, and I think I was supposed to be the top story that day because it was a big talker. And Christina Butler somehow was sent to breaking news. And when you're out in the field in your earpiece, at least where we worked, you couldn't hear the reporters in your ear. It was just silence. All you could hear is the director and the anchors whenever they're tossing to you. So long story short, I'm standing there. It was a very hot day and um, it was silent. And I'm like, good Lord, something awful must be happening. What is Butler talking so long for? God, she and always talks so much. <laughs> I know. It was like, girl, come on. We get it. Time for my story. So I'm standing there. And at this point, all the other stations wrapped up, broke down. They were good to, you know, head out. And I'm like, why? Huh. Okay. So then come to realize our IFB system in the live truck was um, <laughs> not working. It disconnected. Because back then we connected through the truck and not our cell phones. And... I can't remember who, well, I do remember who I was with, but I'm not going to And the say. IFB system, by the way, I, I should, the, the IFB oh, yeah. system, that's simply your connection to the station program audio that you put in, that basically yes. goes right into your earpiece. It is absolutely crucial if you're reporting or anchoring. You've got to have that. Go ahead. Yes. So it was basically, I was waiting for my cue from the director or producer to stand by and the anchors to toss to me. Long story short, we realized it was disconnected. And I was very upset because this was something that could have been prevented had there been some, you know, precautions taken. And there I was, I muffled under my breath, holding my mic, clearly wasn't ready to go live, on the phone, like, ugh, this is bullshit. And, but it wasn't that clear, but you could tell that I was like annoyed, oh my God. And that's the moment our news director at the time texted me and said, watch what you say on the air. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I looked back on the video and they tossed to me, Kyle Rogers is live in XYZ. This is bull. <laughs> oh, my God. I felt so horrible. It was so bad. That IFB. That gets you so many times, so yes. many times. There's this, you so cannot, like, it's your lifeline, but you can't rely on it. Like you have to be yeah. ready you to know, go. You know, here's what I want to say about that. You know, as, you, as you're on TV for a long, the, the longer time you spend on TV, the more relaxed you get. And we all know this because Christina, you, you, you've anchored a lot of shows. Kyle, you anchor every single night. I anchor every single morning. You just get very relaxed, but there is one thing that makes you heat up and get really embarrassed and really worried, and that's when you're afraid something that you said you didn't mean to go over the air <laughs> yeah. went over the air. Yeah. My quick one. I feel like we'll all be able to add on to each other's oh, yeah. stories here. My IFB one, where I also got caught on air. I mean, <laughs> that's the worst. Not only you're feeling that heat, but you're like, okay, if I just blink and stare Ugh. in the camera, nothing it'll, it'll, bad it'll can go happen away. Anymore. It's going to go away. Yeah. Uh, for a station in Harrisburg, the Fox affiliate, and they had changed our open, the very top of the show. That's what that is, that little, you know, you're watching, Fox 43. They had changed that. 
they'd cut it out completely. So instead it would go straight to a reporter. So you had no audio cues. So that meant your control room had to be on top of it because there was no music to warn you it was, it was coming, coming up. up. No, no anchor, anchor intro, you just, just the reporter went right, right into their, their story. story. <laughs> RIFBs go out, <laughs> No, we don't get a phone call. So I'm just standing there. <laughs> And I was good friends with my photographer. And all of a sudden, he decides to tell me that when he was five years old, he used to take tap dance lessons. And for some reason, this was the funniest thing I'd ever heard, this mental picture of him doing tap dance. So I start laughing. But then he actually starts behind the camera, starts tap dancing. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I'm looking at the camera and I'm like, quit tap dancing, Gil. And then all of a sudden he freezes. And I see him like this and I'm like, oh, ha ha, like you're funny, you know, cause we always like to joke around with each other. And then I realized he was serious. So the clip, somebody has it somewhere. It's him, it's me going, quit tap dancing, Gil. And laughing and then that frozen in fear face. A Lancaster County teacher is charged with and like right into it. It's the worst. Oh, you can't hide your your panic. Yeah. Oh, you can't. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Darn earpieces. I I I got a quick one, and this is back when I was at, at uh, when I was in Winchester. Actually, Kyle, your old stomping grounds. My very first job. You know, it's it's timely because sadly, you know, we've got the California wildfires happening now, um, and it seems to be a yearly thing. Uh, but back in 2008, there was a um, fire called the Butte Fire, and it's spelled B-U-T-T-E. And, uh, you know, we all, <laughs> we've all hit the air and not read scripts before, right? <laughs> right? I'm not alone in that. So I, um, I called it the Butt Fire. <laughs> and, you know, we go to break, and, and my producer gets in my ear, and he's like, dude, did, did you just call it the Butt Fire? <laughs> I was like, yeah, is that what it's called? He's like, no, no, no. It's the Butte Fire. <laughs> and uh, I, <laughs> to this day, I, I, was too, I was too embarrassed to even clip that one. And I wish I had, just you know, for prosperity purposes, to share right here oh on this God. show. Um, but that, that, was a, that was a heat up moment. That was a, your face gets all red and heat up, a little embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't know it at the time. You were just confident, rolling with the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Thinking, look at me, big anchor in Winchester. <laughs> right, right, right. The butt fire. <laughs> the butt, the butt fire. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, life hadn't beaten me down to the point where where it has now, Kyle. You know, I was I was glowing, really full of myself. <laughs> A lot's changed in the last twelve years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. There is nothing worse than when you're reading a prompter. I mean, no one tries to do a cold read, but when you see that word coming up and you're like, oh, God. Uh, you How risk quickly it. can I rearrange these words to rearrange it? <laughs> right. How quickly? Mm, I know. <laughs> yeah. Or one hairstyle. Can we talk about that? Yes. Yeah. One hairstyle. Mm -hmm. So also back in the in my days when I was in Virginia, in Charlottesville, in that area, uh, it was 2008-ish, so it wasn't quite yet when people would just grab a picture, you know, with their cell phone and then post it and everybody would laugh at the anchor with the bad hair. But they would <laughs> take the time to look up your address and send you an email or snail mail or call the station. So the first time my parents ever came to that station to watch me live in the studio, they traveled, they came down for a weekend, they come down 
and like funny things happen before they're even in the set. My mom walks in, she's like, it's so bright in here. And she puts on her sunglasses in the studio because it's bright. And the general manager had given my dad this hat that he's wearing that didn't fit his head. So I'm trying to not make eye contact and laugh. I was thrilled they were there, but I'm trying not to laugh at that. We have all this breaking news. Long story short, a little bit later, I get this email. I'll, I'll share it here. And I know we have all gotten uh, viewer emails at some point, whether it has been through social media or we've gotten the emails. Let me see. Okay. So I get this email after <laughs> this newscast. It says, Christina, sweetie, please see to it. You know, whoever was in charge of getting your hair ready for the Friday newscast is reprimanded. My wife and daughter could not stop laughing at it throughout the newscast. Okay. First of all, we do not have hair people. The myth number one, we do not have hair and makeup people, but this person sends this email. It's not the first one I ever got, but I'm like, really, how bad could it be? And then I go and I check the air check. It was so bad. It was so awful that I wanted to write myself an email and scold myself because what is that? I don't I don't know what happened that day to my, oh my hair. God. So I got caught very badly on TV with hair. Um, that was in a studio. I know. I really had no chance. I mean, why? I had mirrors. There was no wind. You know, when we're out in the field, we can do, you know, sometimes we can blame Mother Nature when things like that happen. I look like Cousin It here. Uh, a pic I'm, I'm showing a picture, by the way, for people who are listening on a podcast and not on the YouTube version. I'm showing a picture right now, and I look like Cousin It, basically. And it was, I was cursed. My photographers would always say I was cursed that whenever I had a serious story or, you know, something that I really needed to be serious and professional for, right as anchors tossed it to me, Mother Nature did her thing and would just cover my face with my hair. No amount of hairspray could that, I, I just don't uh, know. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, but that one at least I can blame on Mother Nature. The, the picture that I have from the set, it looks like, it looks like there's another head hiding under my hair. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but, you know, we've, I mean, your makeup's on point, but I mean, thanks. You know, for two thousand eight, yes. I have a but, I have a stepmom who um, who isn't afraid to tell me how she feels about things, and uh, but she's fantastic. But sometimes it's it's the best type of person to have in your life, really. But I guess I was doing some weird spiky thing with my hair one time, and she like, she called me after a newscast, which is rare, and she was like, "Your hair looks like alfalfa. What are you doing? <laughs> what do you what are you doing?" Ooh. And uh, I did. <laughs> I did watch it back, and it was it was a bad it was a bad bad choice. Just a, it's a bad decision. Now, does your hair grow fast, James? Uh, what's left of it does. Yeah. <laughs> I so I get mine cut every week. Just to trim it up because if I go two weeks, you can tell it's it's bad. So during the whole quarantine thing, I mean, in Virginia, I think most places salons were closed. You couldn't do anything. So I went three months without hair and you guys have seen me in my rough sh hair days back when when it's like the fro it looks like frodo from what is it lord of the rings <laughs> um but it's just so interesting how viewers take it upon themselves to reach out to you especially females but over quarantine or over the last six months i have gotten so many viewers emails about my freaking hair and my comment is already like we don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like we know. Right. Well, okay. In the example I just shared, I didn't know. But I don't, you know, we know. We know. We have news directors who are telling us these things, but, you know, people just need to remind well, us. It's, and it's so true. Course. I mean, out of 10 positive comments, it's that one negative one that'll, that you just can't let go. But that is a, such a huge thing. People think we have hair and makeup people. 
I wish. No. Wish I, I, it's normally in the front seat of a live truck with you know, a pull-down visor and you're parked <laughs> next to a porter potty or something. You know, one of those. One of those. Um, like it's oh, so, it's the worst is when you're in the live truck at night or in the morning, like early morning, and you have like the dim lights <laughs> so they're about to die on the visor and you're just like flashlight. <laughs> like, oh, uh, do something. I know I'm not alone. Has anyone else tried to dry their hair after a rainstorm in the heater in a live truck? Using the heater in a live oh, truck to try to dry your hair. Have you been there? Yeah. I have gone into a public restroom when we had to do go, you know, we'd have a five o'clock in the evening news hit and then at 530 and then we'd have one at six and we had to do different, typically a different story at 530. These were not the stories on my list, by the way, but I like how we're, we're just remembering mm -hmm. these as we talk. So I had to do one inside. I can't remember what it was. Some fair, something that was going on career fair or something for five and six, but at 530, I was supposed to be doing st winter storm coverage. So it did not make sense for me to be standing inside a building I, in storm, like soaked, absolutely soaked. I looked like people had dumped water on me. We were right next to a Rudders. Um, okay, this was pre-COVID where <laughs> Rudders, we were a little loosey Rudders is with a Pennsylvania-based gas station farm store. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> And I was so desperate because I knew my news director would have called me at the time, not dropping names, but you sure we could, we, this news director would have called I me know. out, even with <laughs> well, the explanation. You just made me we covered the storm. No umbrella would have right. kept me dry. So I went into the rudders and used their automatic hair dryer. This makes me cringe now. <laughs> okay. okay, in 2020, this oh. makes me cringe. But I ran in to the bathroom where they had one of those automatic things and dried my hair under that for my 530 hit. That's all I could do. <laughs> That's all I could do. Okay. Was it a, a I have more stall? hair than you guys, you know? Like, <laughs> Did anybody walk in on you doing that? I don't even think I cared at the time. You, I was on, I, I mean, I could you I imagine like, though, Kyle, if somebody did, there she is like, just, you know, down on, she's all bent over, got her hair up in the thing. Oh my God! And I'm covered in TV stations. That four channel twenty one. Oh my God! I remember um, speaking of hair dryers that the mast on top of the live trucks that someone had to use a hair dryer to defrost it because it was frozen, oh. which does not sound safe. But that was common practice. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. never. I have a few yeah. good mast related stories <laughs> of the, the of the live <laughs> truck. I mean, I mean, there there was one time we, you and I both know who it was. The the the, the damn thing it, it collapsed. It fell like a tree, and and oh, you know during yeah. during our oh, live that, shot. That makes me. Sweat oh, that's too. that was horrible. Yeah, that was. Scary. But the the other one was so when you oh. put in a live truck into the mast, we're talking about the. The long like pole that extends to put the satellite dish in the air that would send the signal out and receive a signal possibly. We knew a guy who was a photographer, God bless him. And even when you put that thing down all the way, the satellite dish still sticks up in the back. So you need to be cognizant of that <laughs> that distance. You know, you have that the satellite dish is up in the back of the live truck. And we know a guy who finished his day. Probably a long, hard day at work, and he decided he was going to go and get himself some Burger King, and wasn't thinking. And there's an overhang in that drive-through, and he, he went right through and knocked that satellite dish clean off the back of the live truck. And and I asked him. I said, uh, I said, what did you do after that? He said, I. He's like, I knew I lost my job, so I pulled into a parking spot and I ate my Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, actually, I and a whopper's never tasted and, and a so whopper's good. never tasted so good. No, 
No. Um, yeah, I, I do have transport, like vehicle transport stories. I feel like there would be, Kyle, do you have a live truck story you want to share before oh I jump God. in with another one? I considered my live truck experiences to be like dashboard therapy. Because whoever <laughs> I was stuck working with, I would just vent. <laughs> or I would just not talk. It depended. Who it really I was, was like an exorcism uh, inside those trucks, I wasn't never... it? <laughs> I mean, just the worst, the worst part of you would come out. Just, wow. What happens in the live truck? I remember once, um, we're just going to say his name because he's the best of all, Dave mm -hmm. Oliver, who we all worked with closely, very fantastic photographer. We were out in uh, York County <laughs> in one of those live trucks. <laughs> I mean, this isn't funny, but it was just hilarious now. That he was coming down the hill and the brakes just went like out. <laughs> that was me and David Oliver. <laughs> no, that, that happened. happened you and David Oliver too. That happened to us. We came like an inch out. Oh, yes. God. Oh, it was terrifying because it was like a rainy day and all. I was like <laughs> texting and he just went and then like soccer mommed me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it's red. Like, this is it. And this, we just gently. Like glided through, <laughs> but they're scary. Yeah. I don't think many places use like those live trucks anymore. Well, I I know I was I was at a uh, a live show one time with a photographer. His name's Josh, and he um had to st we we always had to start the live truck up for some for when the mast when you put the mast up you had to have the engine on um and then in the back there were separate controls and you the, the mast would would go up to send send the satellite dish in the air and he had reached across the passenger side to turn the key to start it and we were parked on top of a hill and i can't believe this happened i still don't really have a great explanation but somehow it slipped into gear and it starts to drift and it was not going to stop and and josh looks back at me with this very concerned look and he somehow held on as this truck starts to roll down the hill and he got himself maneuvered oh ninja style feet first into the car and and slammed on the brake and i remember it's getting back to the station and and the great dave <laughs> oliver who you were just talking about we were telling the story and he looked at josh and he's like do you know why you stopped that live truck because you had to that's why <laughs> <laughs> and it i mean but it would have you know looking down the hill we were talking about an intersection then a a bank building made of like all glass you know so you can oh imagine just a, oh. a a cbs 21 live truck just crashing through and, and making just the the worst <laughs> the worst destruction of a bank in central pennsylvania you could imagine oh. but yeah this kind of inside joke that we always hope we don't become the news in some of those live trucks some of them mm -hmm. not calling any stations out but some i think of they have nice ones now yeah, of course. yeah. Well, I uh, Kyle, I think the one that you and I are talking about, where we both had near-death experiences, that was the one that you couldn't drive in the rain because the brakes went out in the rain. Yes, so you couldn't right. drive it in the rain because the brakes went Better out. Better know the I forecast. Like, guys, I have a question back here. <laughs> like, what happens? This is, doesn't seem like a safe, a safe protocol. Oh. Um, but you mentioned Josh's name. That so that reminds me of a vehicle story, not a live truck, but an SUV. <laughs> And um, I would like to preface this. I think we, we touched on it. But photographers, for reporters, photographers, they can make or break your life. And I have been 
so we all have i think we've been so lucky some of my best friends yes. are photographers yeah. that i've worked you're with always good you have to be good to them you oh you have to be good to them all the time yeah, yeah. it's a two-way street it yep. it's a two-way street but you spend so much time together in sometimes life-threatening situations you're in riots yeah. you know you're in all these situations you you really do develop this bond so thankfully i have always had very talented and very patient photographers so josh we just mentioned Josh. He was a photographer at 21. That uh, James, you worked with Josh as well, Plenty, I believe. We all know. Plenty of times. Okay. Yeah. So in <laughs> the middle, uh, there was Hurricane Sandy came through, and we were put on the morning show, and it was extended, so we had to be in you know midnight or something, and we leave from Harrisburg to drive down to York in a hurricane. By the way, there nobody's supposed to be on the road, but they're like, oh, we'll get you a hotel room in Harrisburg so you can get up and drive to York. Perfect. Um, So, right, it's like, you know, one in the morning in the middle of this hurricane, I think it was Sandy, and we're driving to York. There's like a deer in the highway lane next to us, which was weird, but whatever, wild (laughs) west, things are flying. That's not important. (laughs) Not important, that's just my detail. It was popping in my head randomly. Get out of our way. So we're at the York Bureau. We leave our vehicle we put our keys in the car in the bureau we go outside we do our live shot i we're getting like pelted nobody we're in downtown york nobody is out um and the way we do our live shots there is you're connected by a cable into the building okay so keys to the truck are inside we're outside we do our hit we're like oh my gosh you know we're we're cold it's windy things are flying we got to get back in as soon as possible and we go to get back in and I hadn't brought the key out to the building, so we couldn't get back in. So we were locked outside in a hurricane. It was probably three in the morning by this point. We were doing early morning cuttings. Three in the morning in a hurricane. We are locked outside our building. We don't even have the keys to get back in our vehicle for safety. It was a mess. It was a mess. That was one patient photographer because he was he was very patient when that happened, even though you know I locked us outside in a hurricane. The other time a photographer named Mike Naklowski, who is also very patient. He works in Philadelphia now. We had this awful snowstorm, like 2010 maybe, three days it snowed. We got two or three feet of snow. It's all we covered. Um, we are finally, finally done with snow coverage. I mean, we can't feel our fingers, toes. You you guys have done snow coverage. All we want to do is <laughs> And I'll never do it again. <laughs> yes. Never, oh. never. I mean, we'd camp down the bureau, I think. I mean, it was so bad. All we wanted to do was go home and right before our last of 300 hits i had said can i have the keys i just want to grab something from the car and he gave it's me the keys at the end. first mistake <laughs> so we're finally done and we go to tear down and like dig our way back to the truck through the snow and he's like butler can i have the keys and i put my hand in my pocket and it goes straight through and i'm like oh that's not a pocket like the station jackets had these like windscreen zipper things on them so I had lost the keys somewhere in this field of snow to get back in. We're freezing. We're on day three. Nobody could come help us because tow trucks aren't driving. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. But once again, he was so patient. He kicked snow. I mean, we cleared an entire parking lot and eventually, well, we must have eventually found them. Uh, but patient <laughs> photographers, patient photographers. <laughs> I, 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 I remember a time with, with David uh, Oliver, who you brought up in a previous story there, where we were running late, thanks to me, because I didn't get a, my story done quick enough or whatever. We had to drive half an hour to a live shot or something. And we got into probably the same truck that, didn't, that, that the brakes went out. I don't know. But the engine didn't start. And he's... Staying cool, he's like, it's all right, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, it's okay, and it's not starting. 
And do you, do you remember at the end of Back to the Future when Marty McFly has to get the DeLorean to start and go down towards the clock tower? You know, remember? And he can't. He's like the the the, the little buzzer, the little timer he has is going off, and he can't get it to start. And he finally he finally just gives up, and he slams his head into the steering wheel, and it starts. I swear to you. David started to lose it, and he sl- he slammed his head in this not his hand and his head in the steering wheel, and all of a sudden it turns over and starts, and we made and we made it to the stupid live show. Don't ask questions, just drive. Just drive. Dave Oliver can make anything happen. I'm just uh, we gotta s- we gotta send this to him because he's gonna really love it. Oh man. Um. Okay, live sh- live shot, live truck stories. Those were good guys. I. Yes, another photographer, Chris Boyer. He got Christopher Boyer, um, who is now serving our country. He's amazing. Amazing guy. Uh, And no lie, in the early days when he went in the service into the Air Force, he was like, I I feel like I'm less afraid. And like news sometimes, news was boot camp for this. Um, He would say that in the beginning. I'm sure it's changed. But in the beginning, he would say that. He got us out of several life-threatening uh, events too. Pit bulls in New York. We one time had a pit bull let loose on us because people weren't happy that we were there. Uh, we, there one day, oh, we got chased in a road rage incident. Again, we had two stories, a big story and a small story. Our big story that day was going and covering this murder where we had interviewed the murderer the day before, and then he was arrested. Okay. So that normally would be the point of the story. Oh my gosh. I interviewed a guy yesterday and it turns out he's the one, you know, I shook hands with a murderer yesterday. That's our big story. But our mini story is some guy who was doing people's taxes in his neighborhood, like in, in his home and then not giving them their refund when it came. Okay. okay. So mini, mini baby 530 tax evasion story sure. in a, a suburban <laughs> development in York County. It's the B story, like, the B story. Yes, I'm like, uh, you know, if any adrenaline I have that day again, it's because I've just interviewed a murderer. So I'm like tax evasion, big deal. We go, and not that tax evasion isn't a big deal, but you Guy, know in our it, life, yeah. in our daily Boy, life, that's the, that's the easy story to put together. I'll, I'll publish this in the entire context. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> we, we pull up to this house, and it's at the end of a really long cul-de-sac. He gets out. You know, he's getting his video, and Boyer is the happiest person you've ever met in your life. So he's whistling while he works, literally all the time, <laughs> whistling, getting his shots. And then we're, we drive little, to the end of the Little does he sack. know. Little does he know. Yes. But at some point during this, this guy comes out, and he's very mad. And he's on his phone, and he's screaming, and he's threatening to call the cops on us. And we're like, go ahead. Like, we're on public property. We're not doing anything. We have every right to be here. Give the spiel. Well, he takes it up a notch. Now he's threatening and just being vulgar. So I very politely and professionally say, sir, if you don't want to be on camera, my advice is to go inside. That's what you tell people. You know what I mean? Like nobody is forcing you to stand in front of our cameras right now. My advice is go inside. Okay, so he goes inside, we leave. We drive to the end of this long cul-de-sac. Boyer, still whistling, is like, I'm just gonna get one more long shot, like a long shot down the cul-de-sac of this guy's house. He gets out. I'm looking in the rearview mirror because I just had a sketchy feeling about what had gone down. And all of a sudden I see this expedition, like the big, huge SUV back out of this garage where this guy was. And I'm like, Boyer, Boyer, you know, like movement, let's wrap up. He's like, no, I think he's just reparking his, his car. And I'm like, okay, maybe instead the guy floors it around the back of his house, comes up airborne over like airborne out of his yard straight at us full speed in his expedition now we are smack in the way our vehicle boyer is outside of the suv so boyer in one movement like realizes what's happening grabs the camera the tripod throws it in the car i don't even think we shut the trunk 
and we take off and this guy's chasing us. I mean, he's, he's, this is a true road rage incident. He is, uh, you know, an inch on us, maybe even tapping our bumper. We're running stop signs. We're going 65 and a 30 because he, he was angry. He was going to do something. He was angry. So we knew we had to get out of there. Finally, after what felt like forever, we lose him. We pull over. I think I was throwing up because I was it was so crazy. Boyer and I both had sweat pits, wow. like, you know, down to our, we're like, what just happened? So we have to call police. We go to the police station. Uh, the, our news director is like, you need to file a report. I'm like, okay. This is very long, by the way. Thank you for not giving me a TRT of like 20 seconds no, for the story, no but I'm almost done. <laughs> so um, we go to the police station, we file this report, and I was shaken up at the time. I mean, this guy really was intent on hurting Boyer and I. We file our police report, which takes a while. Now we have about an hour before our newscast, and the news director calls and says, I'm going to need you to front that at 530. And I was like, wait, what? This guy already tried to kill us once today. And now you want me to front that and put his face back on with my face standing in front of the place where I work for him to see? Like, let's, oh. let's not. But of course we did it. Um, but that, that, yeah, that we almost uh, got road raged and then had to report on it an hour later. But yeah, yeah. That, that was a fun one. But again, Boyer, the photographer to the rescue, saving our lives with his evasive yeah. driving tactics and everything Jeez. else. Oh, my God. <laughs> so news is basically boot camp. Got yeah. it. <laughs> I think this podcast is proof for anybody looking to get into journalism or thinking that TV news is glamorous. It is not one bit at It's all. fun. It's exciting. It's rewarding. It's it is. It's fun and rewarding, yes. But I'll tell you, it has its days where it's like, whoa. Yeah, it does. Um, I have a whoa day. Uh, so you guys know I used to do this segment called House Calls. Real simple, you know, generic synopsis of this. I would take the owner of the hardware store, local hardware store. We'd go to a viewer's house. We'd fix something and we'd leave. And we'd film it because we would show how to do something simple like i don't know make kitchen cabinets not squeak anymore or you know f fix the flapper on a toilet or you know install a ceiling <laughs> fan or whatever now one day we were putting up some uh metal gauge upstairs in someone's attic around halloween to keep bats out i know cute right halloween bat problem yeah so well i thought the best thing would be if i actually go up there with the hardware store guy bill um, and I would, you know, nail some of that in too, because if somebody, you know, as inept as me, uh, could do that, then anybody could do it. Right now. What I, what I didn't know about walking through an attic because growing up, we didn't have an attic in our house. Uh, we had a very small little crawl space, but it wasn't quite like this. This is a real attic. So I didn't know if you step between the floor joists and all that, all that's there, all that's there is, is drywall. That's it. Um, and it will not support me. <laughs> no, no, it won't. It won't support, didn't support me. So I take one step, one step, and I go right through. And we can all laugh now, but what happened was my whole body goes through, and then my um, armpits, actually, both of them slam on the joists, which were about, you know, I mean, what, 16 inches apart, I guess. So I have these... Uh, later, days later, I would have these giant black and blue marks underneath my arms. <laughs> my, my girlfriend at the time was like, what in the hell did you do to yourself? And I'm hanging there and my legs are kicking and dangling. And I realize I look down and there's a bathtub. <laughs> so uh, I, I pull myself up, um, you know, because I had to. <laughs> and I 
I, I go back down the attic and the homeowner's there and he's like, what? He's like, what? What did you do to my, what did you do to my bathroom? What did you do? Um, so that house call turned into keeping bats out of an attic into how to reinstall drywall and fix it when somebody, because <laughs> we on the spot, we you better believe we oh. drove down to Lowe's and bought new drywall and everything else. Um, what followed oh, was a lot of paperwork with the with the company that I work for yeah. <laughs> that owned our station. A lot of <laughs> lot of paperwork. <laughs> so, um, house calls so house calls did continue. You. What's that, Christina? It's so funny to picture you in that moment because James, you're so very similar to how you are on air in in a lot of regards. But then there are some that you know that that viewers don't get to see everything that we get to see yeah, about you, yeah, everything yeah. we love about you. Yeah. You know, the viewers might not always get lucky enough to see. So right, picturing right. you in that moment, <laughs> I, it like makes me laugh so hard because you were probably so mad at yourself. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like I just, it makes me laugh so hard picturing you in that moment. Quick, ask ask <laughs> me ask ask me if the photographer I had ask me if the photographer I had was rolling when that happened I, that I was going to ask you but I didn't want to go ahead ask, in case ask. I think we know the answer was the photographer no, rolling no he wasn't and you know what I was more <laughs> upset about that than I was I think that I did something that's stupid because I'm like at least you know as I'm dangling there because I'm I was really passionate about these segments and I wanted to make them good and funny and and, and, and right and I, and I, I swear to you, as like my, my armpits were in just, just oh. pounding pain, um, I, I was still thinking that in my head, I'm like, it's okay. We got this on camera. This is going to be great. I can use this. It's all right. Because I love the self-deprecation stuff. I can use this. And I look up at the photographer and I said, you got that right? And he's like, no, I, I didn't get it. I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> always roll and always, always roll. roll and i and i don't and it's very rare for me to snap at a photographer but that day i was it was just a bad day it was a really bad day yeah really bad day. all days snap that's okay uh, see you are james take the high road tully so i always love when there's a little snap coming out of you yeah you like that don't you there's a little I glimmer see, of that guy in there there's a, there's a little yes. glimmer yep <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. Those segments were really good, by the way. I think you did great. They're memorable. I still have my T-shirt somewhere. In yeah, there. yeah, of course. Yeah. Made sure you yeah. have. They were. My family loved them. My I remember my dad and my brother-in-law. They got very into them. Those were great segments. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of Jim Butler too. So he's he's a man. <laughs> Jim Butler. I, Jim Butler, by the way. Jim Butler would during those blizzards we were referencing. Or, you know, when we talk, we've all done snow coverage again. Yes. My father would get out our you know his four-wheel drive SUV and he oh, would bring us pizza in the middle of snowstorms oh, oh, when everything was shut down he found the one pizza place that was open and showed up at our live shot where again we're freezing with hot pizza oh, uh, that's Butler. terrific you know what my dad my would do and i'm so happy <laughs> my, my dad would he call and say channel <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there oh, is dad. the story of my grandmother actually i caught her watching our competitor i'm like what are you doing <laughs> God, throw me a bone. Like, we're already in last place. I mean, God, at least my grandmother could watch this. Now, my, my dad would call and be like, you all right out there, buddy? Well, don't stay out there too long. You might get frostbitten. You know, that's what my dad would say. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Well, this goes back to Dave Oliver. This was Dave Oliver and I. We just have the best stories with Dave Oliver. Yeah, and Butler, you worked with him more in York. 
Um, I don't know how, but I mean, it was around Christmas time and Dave and I were on the morning show. And I think during that time we worked day side. So we were up 2 a.m., you know, be at work at three. And those were the days we did live interviews in the mornings. Uh, Plus it was around the holidays. So yeah, it was fine. It was an easy three minute live interview every half hour for two hours. So we had to drive to Lancaster County. I think it was Mountain. I don't know. Anyway, Lancaster County. It was in Lancaster County. And we were set up to interview Santa. And um, there was this like town celebration, I think. So they brought these local singers. And I am pretty sure Santa was slayed out of his mind, if you know what I mean. You could smell it on him. He was fun to talk to, but as soon as we went live, it was like the one word answers. And you're trying to be like cute and, you know, like, oh, Santa, doing that thing. Then we had this couple who thought they could sing, but they weren't. So it was just one of those like painful moments on live TV where, like, you know, it's just going down and you're trying to resuscitate and bring it back, but it just wasn't working. So it was just a painful morning. And that was just the tip of the iceberg for the rest of our day. We drive from Lancaster to Lebanon County to Fort Indian Town Gap. All right. So it was just one of those days where it just didn't feel right. It's like, oh, that was such a boring interview I did. Go to Fort Indian Town Gap. It's a deployment. You know, one of those, um, I forget where they were going, but a ceremony, the family says goodbye, the official thing. And you always want to find the character to put together a good story. You want to find the person and their family trying to, you know, say goodbye and just catch the moment. So this guy brings his dog with him and his girlfriends. And we had the lav mics, which, Butler, you have yours on now since you're so professional. So we clipped the mic on him, but his dog, I think it was a German Shepherd, walks away. And it's like crowds of people inside this gymnasium or whatever you want to call it, a fig. And we didn't realize that the dog went missing (laughs) until I had him spell his name. And... I'm like freaking out because he starts freaking out. Like, where's my dog? And then some guy says, oh, I saw, I saw him run out to the garage. Long story short, we went on an expedition to find this dog that was running all over God's creation at Fort Indian Town Gap. Now, mind you, we're coming off the morning show. I'm tired, very tired, but I'm wired on caffeine. Back then I was a heavy smoker. So we're like running full suit. I can, doing this I can thing. see you. And I'm I can see like, you puffing them down during this too. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. There was a whole crew. Like this event seemed like it was put on a hold, this deployment. <laughs> so these people could rescue the dog. He was just living his life. And at one point I lost track of David Oliver who had the camera. Okay. And I look for him it's just me and some woman like oh my god did you see where the dog is down at the distance it was like this it was a hazy kind of morning i guess there was a glow (laughs) i see this dog galloping (laughs) along the fence 
these like five soldiers running after him. <laughs> and then the silhouette of Dave Oliver <laughs> with the camera <laughs> going after him. Uh, and after I think 25, 30 minutes, they finally got the dog. Because my biggest nightmare was like, oh my God, this dog's going to get hit by a car. His owner's yeah. flying off to a yeah, yeah. wherever he's going. That's the last thing. He still has our microphone on. Oh, it was it was terrifying. Yeah, but you know, but with stories never... like that, the tag really writes itself. And the more... <laughs> oh my God, it, it did. It turned out to be one of my favorite stories I've ever written. Oh yeah. And done. Because David was literally trying to chase the dog, just galloping with the camera. And it was perfect. It was one of my favorite stories I've ever done, even though I did not intend for the dog to get away. Did you end but it was like did you a end day the story? Did, did, did you end the story with and the moral of this day, obedience classes? <laughs> Damn it. No, I didn't. This story was, it was back when the Phillies were in a big playoff. Okay? They, they was going to send them to the World Series if they won. It was a huge game for the Phillies. I'm in Lancaster reporting, and it was the 10 o'clock newscast, and they sent us into a bar. Okay, raise your hand oh, if you have been doing live sure. TV in a bar. Sure. Like, things are going to go, you know, things are going to get bad. Especially, and the later the show, the worse it's going to get. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's 10 o'clock. And we're doing our live hit. You know, everyone's excited. All these people are like screaming, cheering. And this guy, you know, gets right, I think he jumped right up in my ear as I'm talking. He's like, screams my ear as I'm talking. So it startles me, you know, because it's loud. And I'm like, what's happening? And then he proceeds to like, you know, just like do the silly, ridiculous, drunk jig in front of the camera while we're live. Of course, I, you know, after I realize he's not attacking me, he's just drunk and screaming in my ear, I laugh and I play it off. And I'm like, everyone in Lancaster having fun tonight. No, what, what you really say was, Gil, stop tap dancing. <laughs> Gil, <stop laughs> uh, so, I, you know, when, when I, I finish my thing up, I end it back to you guys and we're off the air. Yeah. And this guy immediately comes up and he's like, you, you can't air that. You can't air that. I was just kidding around. You can't air that. And I'm like, that was live, buddy. Like that was live TV. This is live TV. Like that was live TV. I can't unair it. And he's like, "I'm a teacher. I called off work tomorrow. You can't air that." And I'm like, "Well, maybe you should jump in our live shots like a drunk fool." And obviously, I felt bad. You know, if he's a teacher, and maybe he just really needed a night to celebrate and go yeah. off. But he shouldn't have jumped in my live shot. And I did. I felt bad. For best, him best. That's the best part that. about that story. Is he, he had no idea, and he's like, "No, it was just a joke." I'm like, "Well." He's like, you can't air that. I'm like, you know, I, I, I've always wanted to say, you know, how would you like it if, what do you do for work? Do you, you have a desk job? How about I pull my car up outside your, outside your office and just lay on my horn at like one in the afternoon? Would you like that? <laughs> would you, you know, I just, I'm just saying like, just see the other side of this for a second. Like, I mean, we're just trying to do our jobs and report out yeah. there in the field. You do feel so vulnerable sometimes. You're very vulnerable. And that's. Really you know, see the other especially side. for you as a female at a bar covering that yeah. and i know you get scared easily you don't even do like the fright houses or whatever <laughs> no no, but no, no. i'm very i'm a jumpy just, person <laughs> yeah good for you for keeping your composure but well <laughs> there is a clip of a mutual friend of ours i think didn't she in philly kind of like punch out a guy <laughs> on tv you, ever, you know what i'm talking about but that would just be my like yeah. gut reaction as to scream, I fetal just... position, punch. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
I did have one photographer who was really, he had a hilarious way of handling those situations where people, whether you were trying to get what we call man on the street interviews, which means basically you go up to any man or woman on the street and try and get their opinion on something. Well, you know, we, he had this great way of handling them and it got to be kind of a game between us where when people were purposely just being jerks, you know, or they put me on TV or they would jump up in front of us, we would instantly go into this mode where we would act like we were live and then we would follow them and chase them and be like, sir, 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 you said you wanted to talk to us about anything? Oh, okay, well, we're talking about warts today. Tell us about the warts you were explaining to us that you have. And we would give them the most inappropriate, embarrassing things and we would act like it was live. Um, that was that was also photographer Mike Niklowski, who's in Philadelphia now. But we would call them out. You know, the people who would come by and, and act like jerks. Put me on. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Okay. And, really? Will you? Tell us about, you know, and then some mm-hmm. embarrassing things. But see, the trick is to get on TV, if you really want to be on TV, is don't even think, or, you know, the camera's not there. That's yeah. that's what we're looking for. Yeah. 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 It's, exa- it's exactly right. Future pressures. But. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, this this was good. <laughs> this was good. I mean... <laughs> We went a half hour overtime, and that that that's that's wow. great. We told some uh, told some nice us. nice rapid fire stories. Yeah. Good ones, great worst moments in television news. <laughs> Christina Butler and Kyle Rogers, you guys were so much fun to talk to. A lot of laughs here. This was fun. Oh yes, much. It's needed. so nice to see both of you and talk to you. Guys. I should say, we do love our jobs. We do love our jobs. No, it goes without saying. Absolutely, no yeah. question. No question. Just have to laugh sometimes. Yeah, I think in the beginning of the pod, I think I need to, you know, this was, these were all much earlier in our careers, but you know, we've all, everyone's had these moments, you know? (laughs) And I mean, it's like, it sounds like you're, you know, you're pontificating and being dramatic, but you really can write a book. And I, I, a lot of times I think like, if I could go back to like 20 year old James sitting in college and tell him, hey, you know, in the next 14 years, you're going to do X, 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 X. Just go down the line with all the different types of stories you've done, the different experiences, the different types of weather you've seen and covered, different places you'd live. I'd fall off my chair and be like, that's an entire career. That's an entire career. And it's mm-hmm. not. It's like a quarter of one, you know? And, right. and that's... And you also got to think, like, with our job like this, what other job out there can you have this much fun, have these kinds of stories to share? I don't you know. know. This I, is I just don't... a little bit of what we do and have mm-hmm. dealt I don't know. I, I had I, I, you, you guys talk to college students. Christina, you do a, tons of public speaking now all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, <laughs> I don't want to do a sell job on the broadcasting business. I want to be very honest. You know, you need to be open to go, going anywhere when you're 22, 23 years old and make very little money. And it's going to be like that for mm-hmm. a long time. But it's the experiences mm-hmm. that you're going to you're going to be able to have um, that that's the selling point. It's not about the money. Mm-hmm. It's not about necessarily where you're going to go live. It's about the things you'll be able to do and, and the proud moments too. the things you'll be able to produce and, and know that you put that together and that aired somewhere. And that was, you know, all that work you did and it, and the moments you get those great comments from people that maybe you interviewed or people that saw the story, it makes it all worth it. Like the, the payoffs are there, just not in the ways of other industries, most other industries. It is, you know, it's funny, post, you know, college and when everybody was getting into their first jobs, you know, in your friend circle, your social circle, people were getting their first jobs. A lot of my friends who were not in TV were always so amazed that I had so many close friendships within my professional job. You know, like 
a lot of people start jobs and whether they're working in a bank or an office, they don't get those close moments together. So they don't have those close friendships. And they certainly, they're sitting behind a desk from nine to five. The, the stories that we have compared to that. It's, it's kind of like- Maybe cut that out. I don't want to I don't want to be bashing other people, but you know what I mean? You too, you get to do so much as a reporter or it's, anchor. In, it's in so weird. Team. Like, I, I mean, my friendships like with you two, it's just a different friendship than I have with anybody else. And it's, a, and I, mean, and I mean that in like the best way possible. It's like we've been the we've been the to some kind of battle together, you know. I mean, not to downplay, you know, anyone who obviously has served our our great country, but I mean, it feels like we've been in some kind of hard fought battle together. You know, we we weren't making much money. We we were we were you know Kyle is chain smoking Marlboro Reds. You know, like it's <laughs> Marlboro Mar Marlboro Lights. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're sometimes having Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner together yep. because you're working. You know, you too. You form those close bonds. Yeah. And you mentioned yeah. earlier, Butler, it's like there's so many high stress situations. Like when you were dealing with that road rage incident, yeah. it's just you or whoever you're with and the long hours, working the holidays. Not many people can relate because when you tell your, I call them my civilian friends, people who aren't anywhere part of the business, yeah. you know, they, they, they don't get it. They don't see what we go through and um, what we see every day and, and hear from people. So, yeah. I, I love it. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. No, you know. No, and many times I've thought I don't know what else I would do. I don't know I what know. you know. It's like I mean, you have some days. It's like all right, I'm I'm ready to I'm jump done. out, yeah. ready to get out, and then you sit back and you're like, well, what can I do? Oh. I know. I'd be like I, that. I know. I am, I'm on the other right? side of that. <laughs> I'm on the other side of that. I would never, ever, ever trade or redo my early career. I would yeah. never go back and make the decision not to do TV. I'm so, so, so thankful for it. And I still do TV in, but it's health shows now. So I do health reporting when I'm in my TV role. Mm -hmm. It's not the breaking news. I'm not sent late to riots anymore. I'm not out, you know, knocking on people's doors. I'm not doing that hard news anymore, but I wouldn't trade those early days. And I found those skills that where out, what other job, like you said, teaches you how to communicate with people who have just lost loved ones. How to run for your life and still look professional. You know, how to handle all of these situations that it can it can transfer into so many other things. It's so true. Yeah. But yeah, sure. But still though, I still feel like I'd be like that German shepherd that Kyle was talking about. If you if I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't know where I wouldn't know what to do, where I'm going. You know, it would take a while for me to get on my feet. Sure. <laughs> yes. yes, you need to be yeah. out in the I always say I like to be out in the wild. I like to be out in the wild. That you know that and that's what reporting does. It we're not boxed in. I'm, job terrific all right guys <sighs> i think that's a wrap off the sets recorded in studio t here at my home in beautiful tampa florida thanks for listening a video version of this podcast is always available for you on my youtube channel james tully ice you can find me on social media james tully tv on instagram twitter and facebook new episodes drop every friday see you next week this has been Off the Set with James Tully.